This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 31st, 2010, delivered by our guest speaker, Mr. David Burke. God is calling. Good morning, good, 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 good morning. So the question is, when the phone rings, do you answer it, or do you accept the call, or do you decline the call, or are you like me, where you may be tech-challenged, and now, you know, you really don't know what to do with the actual phone? Remember when you first got a phone, you were amazed that you actually um, would, like, put phone numbers in there on a, uh, like, you could actually, like, store numbers, you know what I mean? Because you would actually, like, keep putting them in there, or the better one is this, and I've seen people still do this. You're on the phone talking to a friend, and they say, hey, do you have Joe's number? And then you go like this. Well, let me get off the phone and then look in my phone, and then I'll write it down on a piece of paper, and then I'll call you back. It's kind of like, um, have you seen how a teenager texts versus an adult texts? A teenager, my son goes to Silesian School in Wilmington, Delaware, wears a shirt, tie, and sport coat, and can put his hand in either pocket of this blazer and text great to me. Here's how I go back. Um, okay, oh, spelled that wrong. Oh, sorry. Oh, how do you spell? Oh, I need to buy a vowel. Okay, um, oh, oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Because I'm raising, I was raised in the Pong generation. Boop! Boop! Explain that to the kids around you. Boop! Boop! Yeah. So the question is, God's calling, are you going to answer the call? I want to thank Alan and Carrie for their privilege to let me speak to you. My name is David Burke, and um, I live in Middletown, Delaware, but I also live and work in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. So I'm in, I live at the shore. I'm going to talk a little faster at this service. Uh, and when I speak in Alabama and Mississippi, they go like this. They go, you got to slow down. I'm exhausted. I couldn't have you every week as the preacher. So I'm just, my name's David. It's great to be with you here. I travel throughout the country, and I speak, and I also speak regionally at businesses and do a lot of human resources type training. So... Uh, if you're in a business and want to invite me to speak, be obedient and take me to lunch. Good. Okay. No problem. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our prayer. Let's pray. And as you go to prayer, um, I'm just going to read some scripture over your life. And as you go to prayer, think of um, two people, at least two. Somebody in your family who needs Jesus. Somebody at work who needs to know God's love and reconciliation. As you pray for them, specifically by name, think of this scripture. scripture. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said, all All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you always, always, even to the end of the age. Our prayer is more, Lord, more of you in my life. More, Lord, more of you in my generation. More of you in my family. More of you because people matter to God. More of you with the guy at work who ticks me off. More of you with the people who think I'm a religious nut. More of you with the Pharisees all around me. Help me to love God. Help me to draw people back to you today. Help me to reach out because it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, which means to change our lives and to change our way of thinking. 
So change us today, God, in the anointing of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. This week I read an article on an incredible uh, news source that Billy Ray Cyrus was um, divorcing his wife after 17 years. And, and I, this, is not, uh, this is not a country music uh, point because please forgive me, I'm not a country music fan. I actually think that country music is an oxymoron, two words that contradict themselves, but that's a whole other message. Okay, that's okay. You know what oxymorons are, paradoxical statements that contradict each other like Microsoft works. That's a definite oxymoron. <laughs> And you're thinking about him, but we got to run out of time here. But Bill Ray Cyrus, uh, he um, divorced his wife. And I, when I first read that, I thought, oh, my golly, he's going to have an achy, breaky heart. And when I read that, <laughs> you have to explain that to the young people, okay? You could buy it on iTunes. But anyway, um, I thought, wow, here we go again. Here I, I, so I, got, I was in judgment mode. Here we go again. Um, celebrity Christian worships at a friend of mine's church and he can't get it together, and celebrity, and, I, and then I start, here we go again, we, why can't we live for Jesus on television, and then I started to think, and then I started to pray for him, because he asked for prayer, and then I thought, you know what, David, the problem is? The difference, David, between you and Billy Ray Cyrus is that Billy Ray Cyrus's sin is on CNN and Fox News, and yours isn't, and that's the bottom line, is that my sin's not on Fox News tonight, or MSNBC, the challenge is when people stray. The challenge today is how to share your faith without losing your friends. And the challenge today is how to reach out to people when they get away from God. How to bring people back because it's God's kindness that brings us to repentance. That word means to change your mind, change your thinking, and go the other way. It's kind of like you're in the Batmobile and you're about face and you go the other way. Sorry, can you tell I'm a youth speaker? Okay, no problem. Well, I brought a, a youth-oriented clip, uh, generationally speaking, a little bit dated now, but it's a satirical, sarcastic view of a youth pastor who challenges Mandy Moore and her girlfriends to reach out to a, a strayed teenager who was once in their youth ministry lo- living for God, and now they want to bring her back into the fold. Let's check out this clip from the movie Saved. She's part of your posse, and I think that you can help her. I'm going to need you to be a warrior out there on the front lines for Jesus. You mean like shooter? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was uh, thinking of something a little less gangster. I need someone who's spiritually armed to help guide her back to her faith, the love and care that only Jesus can supply. You down with that? Yeah, I'm down with that. She's pretty vulnerable right now, so I'm going to need you to be extra gentle. <laughs> Sliding into the flames of hell. You've become a magnet for sin. We've all witnessed it. Sure. <laughs> Veronica acting all pure. What about last spring break at the Promise Makers rally, huh? Oh my God, you are making accusations. As we're trying to save your soul. Mary, turn away from Satan. Jesus, he loves you. You don't know first thing about love. I am filled with Christ's love. 
God! You are just jealous of my success in the Lord. This is not a weapon. Now that I got your attention, we can go to lunch. Good, no problem. All right. I was asked to speak at a Chinese youth conference up in the Poconos, and I was really excited about that because I knew that I would have a great time and they would have good food, and they end up having an American camp food, which is a ripoff, but that's a whole other message. Uh, and so I spoke in the Poconos, and it was somewhere uh, advertised that I was speaking in the Poconos. And so what happened was a, a pastor in the Poconos got a hold of me, called me, and I didn't put it in my cell phone, of course. I wrote it on a piece of paper or a book or something that I probably lost. Do people actually have lists like that guy in the video? Do you have lists like that? Who has lists like that? Really? You're sick. Good. Okay. So anyway. So anyway. So what happened was I was scheduled to speak in the Poconos, and um, I wrote in my book, okay, Poconos, and the guy's name was Pastor Bob. We'll call him Pastor Bob because his name's Pastor Bob. And so I wrote in my book, Pastor Bob Poconos. And I wrote, Mount Pocono United Methodist Church because it was right not too far. And so I spoke at this Chinese youth conference, got in my car Sunday morning, went to my favorite Scotch-Irish restaurant. They have a drive-thru. It's called McDonald's. And so anyway... Ordered my breakfast by number and got to the church, Mount Pocono United Church, two worship services, guest speaker David Burke walk in, two women behind the counter, and I said, good morning, I'm the guest speaker, and they start looking through papers like, I'm not it. (laughs) And I'm like, good morning, I'm the guest speaker, where's Pastor Bob? And they go, we don't have a Pastor Bob. (laughs) I'm like, can you manufacture one now, quickly, okay? And they said, we, we have Pastor John. And I'm like, well, I have in my book here. I'm scheduled to speak. This is the right date, the right date, right church. I did know that the sign, the worship services were a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, 9 and 11, that's a different time. But anyway, um, they said, we don't, have, we don't have Pastor Bob. I'm like, can you go get Pastor John? Well, Pastor John comes out of the church service in a flowing, beautiful robe with vestments and a hymnal. And at that moment, he had the spiritual gift of agitation. Tell me what, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you what that means in English. He was ticked, okay? We're talking anger management. Who are you? You look familiar, but whatever. He said, hey, I'm a guest speaker. He goes, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm Pastor John. See ya. He went back to church, and I said, we have to find Pastor Bob. We have to have find this Pocono church. So they're calling all these churches, Pocono Lane, Pocono Manor, Pocono. I'm not calling anybody. Pocono Racetrack, I'll share Jesus with the NASCAR people. I don't care, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just call them on the phone and get them down there. So I looked through my phone, and I don't usually do this, but I had this, um, I had this thing, and it started, I said, where's this area code? And they go, oh, this, that's, near, that's near here. It's in this region. I'm like, cool. So we, I, I said, we'll call this number. And I hear, the, I hear the tape. Good morning. Welcome to the Paul Pack United Methodist Church with our pastor, Pastor Bob. I'm like, Pastor Bob, this is it. And they go, and our guest speaker today will be David Burke. I'm like, that's me. I'm talking to a tape. You know what I'm talking about? And then I hear the boop. David? Bob? Bob, Dave, Bob, Bob, Pastor Bob. He goes, where are you? I go, no, the eternal question is, where are you? He goes, well, I'm at church. You're supposed to be here. We're in the middle of the worship service. I'm like, well, where is your church? He goes, New York. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And that's where I'm at. And I'm in Pennsylvania. But he, and he says, but you're only about 45, 50 minutes away. And I said, I'm coming. And the problem was, he gave me Pennsylvania directions. Have you ever had Pennsylvania directions? You're 81 North, 81. You, get, that's how you go around the bypass. 227, 272 to take the business. You know what I'm talking about? I need Southern Delaware directions. You go down a road and there's a guy sitting on the porch. Make a left. <laughs> how do you know he'll be there? He will be there. You go three miles and there's a mail pouch sign on the tobacco farm barn. Three cows sitting. Make a right. What's the name of the road? I don't know. I lived here 50 years. I really don't know the name. Well, I get out on the road and it starts to snow. And it's really, I don't have the spiritual gift of driving. I'm not a real good driver. And I'm out there in my Lamborghini and I'm going down this road. Okay, it was, you don't believe I was on the road. Okay, it was a, it was a Mercury Sable and I'm out there on the road. 
And I'm starting to slide, and I'm slip sliding away. Paul Simon, wow, holy 70s Batman. Okay, so anyway, don't worry about it. And I'm ADD, and so I'm slip sliding, and the, the car's starting to slide, and I'm calling him the whole time. Bob, how you doing? He goes, David, we're having a hard time stalling. Sing every hymn in the hymnal till I get there. Start with one and work your way through. They're singing, they're singing, they're singing. I'm getting kind of confused, and I all of a sudden see, the, I'm the Cheshire cat, and I see the sign, 81 north, 81 south. What am I going to do? Now, by the way, I do have a GPS that my children gave me for Father's Day, but it always lives in my wife's car. Can I get a witness on that? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I get the gift, and it's in my wife's car. So anyway, I take the wrong route, and, I'm, and I see the sign, Welcome to Scranton. I'm thinking, oh, great. I can watch the TV show The Office while I'm here. Okay, no problem. Seven of you got that. Good. So anyway, all right. Good. And so, uh, and, uh, thanks for the sign. And so... Um, I, I get there, and, 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 I'm, and I'm, in the wrong, I'm going the wrong way. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm calling him, Bob, Bob, I'll be there, I'll be there. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit because quitters never win, and winners never quit. I didn't make that up, but it sounds really good at the moment. Here we go. And so I see this shell station, and I say, oh, it's an oasis. It's God in the midst of the snow. I need directions. Wow, what a prideful thing for a man to stop and ask for directions. Wonderful thing, isn't it? The women got that. The men are upset with me. Okay, good. Now we need people to talk to us. 100 yards, make a right. You're going the wrong way. Okay, so I see the sign for the Shell Station, but there's a problem. My car is going a little too fast. I come around the corner. I think I was going about 30 miles per hour. You, don't, you should not do that because icing conditions may occur. Kind of like a movie, kind of like a movie theme or a movie title. One car, one piece of ice, kaboom. Okay. <laughs> in a world out of control. That was me. And so I go around the corner. Here's the gas pumps. And now I'm a projectile. I'm a projectile in a mercury sable for a whole wall of glass, I mean glass, thinking in my mind, they probably always wanted to put in a drive through now they're going to have their opportunity, you know what I mean? And so I'm there, and somehow by the grace of God, which means the unmerited favor of God, the miracle of God, a car swerves to the left, misses the glass wall by four inches, and I hit the wall. And I mean I hit the wall. And I'm looking for an airbag, but all I feel is blood coming off my forehead. And now I, I got my fancy breakfast wrapper there. And so I'm like being first aid. People are at the diner next door looking out and going, ha, ha, another drunk. So anyway, <laughs> I'm Mr. Integrity, Mr. Honesty. I get out of the car and start banging on the window of the shell station. I hit your wall. Do I need to pay for damages? I'm on some surveillance video at a staff meeting at Shell the next week, you know what I'm talking about. So I get in the phone, I get in the car, and I go, Bob, I'm trying to come, but I hit a wall. And the guy goes, why are you talking like symbolically or metaphorically? I hit a wall, okay? <laughs> this is not English 101. I hit a wall. I said, but I'm coming. He says, you know what, David? We're a ski resort, and we have EMTs in our church. We'll meet you at the door. I get to the door. They put a, a, a first aid thing on my face and, and bandage me all up, and I walk into the pulpit, and I talk about God's faithfulness in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the wandering Jews, God's faithfulness to enter the promised land. I didn't quit, and I didn't give up, and I'm here to tell you the good news. And I usually don't have any points with my messages, but I got three of them today. God calls us. I really don't. And I don't get to speak in Presbyterian churches often, but that's a whole other message. Okay. <laughs> But God calls us, because when I go to Presbyterian church, they go like this, they go, what did he talk about? I don't know, shut up, it was funny, no big deal, okay. <laughs> God, you're thinking that right now, too, okay. But here's point number one, God calls us to remind us that God is faithful, so don't give up. God has never given up on you, don't give up. 
Don't give up. The French word is jamais. Don't give up. Never. Never in French. Never. Don't give up. And don't give up on that person you think that's far away from God. And don't think you're holier than thou just because you got it right with God because the person in Smyrna right now sitting in a jail cell may be closer than we are to Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Because they know they need God and they know they have a problem. They admit they're out of denial and they know they need God. And don't give up. And don't give up on other people. And don't give up on people we think they're far from God. And don't give up to that person who curses all around you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Well, there's some scripture this morning we want to look at briefly and quickly. In the book of Acts, in the first chapter, the first chapter is about the ascension of Jesus. The first account I wrote, Theophilus, about all that began to Jesus to do and teach, is verse 1, goes into verse 6 to prepare for the second chapter of Acts, which is the birthday of the church, the baptism by fire of the Holy Spirit, where people are there for a festival, who come to hear their hear the good news of God's love translated in their own language and other glossolalia that's known to God but unknown to men. That glossolalia is a Greek word meaning tongues. And so they, and they met together. I want you to read this with me. Read this with me. So they met. <laughs> want me to sing a solo or what do you want me to do? Okay. So they met together. They asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now, that scripture is talking about, in their terms, eschatology, which means the end of the world as they know it. Well, that sounds like a song. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay, write that down. I'll be on VH1. So anyway, the point is they're trying to make here is they're trying to question it, and they're questioning and questioning. And I'd be conf- I'm the first person to talk to you that, about questioning things. I'm a question. I, listen. Why do vacuum cleaners have lights on them? What are we supposed to put the lights out and just vacuum the house in the dark? You know what I'm talking about? I ask weird questions like that all the time. You're going to go home and go vacuum the house in the dark. Okay. So the question then becomes is, like, they're, they're asking questions. And I'm here to tell you, questions are fine because when we ask questions, I think we're, so, listen, you're always concerned with giving the right answer that I think in the culture, in this postmodern world, in this generation in which we live in, we're so consumed with getting the right answer that we fail to even ponder and question and ask the right questions. Because when we seek, we find. Because we look, we get it. Because it's active, it's an imperative verb. And so in the midst of that, it's so important to see that even when the world's out of control, uh, six or eight months ago, I can't believe I'm talking about country music because I, I preached about this country music song about six, eight weeks ago. Some people didn't like it, but I, I didn't really care because I had a plane ticket. And the point I was trying to make, uh, really, uh, is this. is The song goes like this. God is great. Beer is good. And I don't even drink, but I'll just kind of leave it there. God is great. Beer is good. What's the last line? How many of you know that? You do have issues. Good. So anyway, all right. Yeah, I mean, and, that's where, and that, that song is a theological treatise on our world today. And, and then the weird thing is, don't give up. They're, even though, I know I'm starting, to go, I'm starting to reflect and ponder, I'm getting old and going, these people are crazy. These people are crazy. And the people around me are crazy. But in the midst of the mess, in the midst of the world that's emerging and evolving and spinning out of control, where is God? And the good news is God is in control. And who needs to hear that today? The families that lost Amy and Scott this week in a tragic auto accident on Route 1. Amen? A pain is unbelievable as they will literally walk through the valley of the shadow of death 
as a parent burying their children. It's not supposed to work like that. It's not supposed to, to, to come out like that. In the midst of it, God is in control. In the midst of it, God calls us to remind us that God is faithful and to never get up. In the midst of it, God calls us to remind us that God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And I don't have that down theologically. I can't figure out how God would want to me, use me because sometimes I do dumb, stupid, sinful things. Sometimes I'm a loser. Sometimes I'm a jerk. Sometimes I get it right. But in the midst of the mess, God wants to use me in my sphere of influence. And every single one of you has a sphere of influence. The person that cuts your hair. Here's my suggestion. Share Jesus after they cut your hair. You with me on it? <laughs> when I'm on a plane and people say to me, what do you do for a living? I look at them really seriously and go, I'm a model. <laughs> there are big and tall models. You need to know that. And they say, what do you really do for a living? I go, well, I'm really a river dancer, but I, I, I didn't have the budget for the spandex. I know that's a nasty thought, but we'll move on. Okay. <laughs> And they said, what do you really do? I said, really, what I do for a living is I talk to people about Jesus, and since we're flying to Denver, you're stuck because the plane's sold out. <laughs> they want to ring the bell and get off, you know what I mean? <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is be yourself. Be yourself. Keep it real. Keep it relevant. Be yourself. You'll reach people that I will never reach, and I will reach people that you will never reach for Jesus. Be yourself. Be yourself. And don't use words that people don't understand. I remember growing up in the church. I grew up in the church. I'm the kid who got suspended from school, kicked out of VBS, and ended up being a youth pastor. That's me, okay? <laughs> I, I got thrown out of vacation Bible school. That's a whole other message, so no problem. I mean, I would grow up in church, and we, we, grew up, we, we prayed in this Methodist church. That, I'll never forget the prayer for communion. We beseech thee, O Lord, by thy manifold sins. I'm going, is there a muffler here? What's the deal? <laughs> is a car in the room? I mean, I grew up in the guy, and the ladies in Sunday school would just open your Bibles and read the scripture. And I would read the scripture, and it would say in King James Version, it was kind of read for slow people like me. That's kind of cool, Jesus said it. And it was like, Verily, verily, I say unto you. So I'm thinking the whole time as an adolescent that Jesus' best friend is a guy named Verily. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> verily, verily, for where art thou? I get images of Robin Hood and tights or PBS at that moment. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what it's like. Be yourself. Be yourself. Don't use words that people don't understand. In terms of, uh, I work in the summertime at a, at a beach uh, shore, at a ministry in the Jersey Shore. Not like the television show, I promise you, okay? <laughs> it's the antithesis, the polemic, that means the opposite of that. Whew! I'm going to get one of those things for my hair. But anyway, um, a long story. And so, here was the interview question I had for my job six years ago. Five or six years ago. What is your view of soteriology, and how does that relate to the Wesleyan Arminian tradition of holiness and sanctification? That was my interview question. I'm looking for, do you love Jesus? Do you love the beach? Can you work here next week? <laughs> what is your view of soteriology? Which means the study of salvation. Good thing I knew that. How that relates to Wesleyan Arminian theological perspective. Uh, good thing I know that sanctification men be set apart. And so don't use words that people don't know in terms of your justification, in terms of your sanctification, in terms of are you homogenized, pasteurized, or whatever word you don't really know. <laughs> And you're just using words you don't really know. I brought a video clip, let's check it out, of what not to do when you're sharing God's love with your neighbor. Check, it, check this out. Do not try this at home. Mr. Christian E. speaking person. Mr. Christian E. speaking person. 
When conventional wisdom said no one can understand what you're communicating, you dared to prove them wrong. Dared to prove them wrong. You knew your neighbor didn't know words like trinity, salvation, and eschatology, but you overused them anyway. You can't stop me now. When people told you what they believed, you had the guts to laugh in their face and wish them luck in everlasting retribution. You gotta be so stand proud, chosen one. Yea, though your words confuse the mass, thou knowest what thy meaneth. Do not do that at home. Here's the good news. You say to me, I'm new to the church. I'm new to faith. I don't know all the big words. I don't know the big words. Guess what? Just live it. Just be the prophetic Nike and just do it. Just live it. That people would see Christ in you, the hope of glory, as the book of Colossians says. You don't have to have a formula. You have to have three points or four points, and you've got to have it down. You take out your notes. I remember one time I was suffering for Jesus on a mission trip. We were in Jamaica, and um, <laughs> I, walked, I walked down the street, and this guy walks up to me, he beelines to me, and he goes, yeah, man, yeah, man. Hey, you want to buy some ganja? And, and for you slow people, that's marijuana. And um, by the way, some of you need to be set free from that. Somebody in your family needs to be set free from that. Marijuana is prevalent and rampant in the culture. Like I get a Diet Coke at Wawa. And some of you, I would encourage you today to be set free from that addiction in the name of Jesus. To be set free from the things that bind you and choke and suck the very life out of you. To be set free from that. To be set free from addiction. And the guy walks up to me and goes, you want to buy some ganja? I go, no, I'm a Christian. He goes, oh no, I sell to Christians every day. <laughs> because he thought anybody who was Anglo, white, European, they're a Christian. Cultural joke. So I go in this pop shop. I was thirsty because they have these really cool non-alcoholic champagne drink and all these kind of flavored sodas. And I walk in. And it was like a divine encounter that God had set up before the foundation of the world. And I don't even understand how that works theologically. But it worked out where I walked into this soda place because I was thirsty. And the guy waiting on me was even thirstier. And he says, I don't even hear him. He says, I want to come to know Jesus right now. That's what he said. I didn't even hear it. I was like, I'd like large drink. The next line he said, would you pray? He said, would you pray with me now to receive Christ? And I'm like, well, let me tell you, guy. First of all, I've got to tell you four things. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But there's a problem that man is separated by their sin. And therefore, it's kind of, and I'm going through these little points and little things. And the whole time, the guy is saying, I want to know the Lord. <laughs> and and, and my, neighbor, my friend, Charlie, we'll call him Charlie because his name's Charlie. He says this. He goes, David, would you just shut up and lead him to Jesus now? Here's the principle, ready? Two ears and one mouth. Listen. The French word is écoutez. Écoutez bien. Listen. Listen. Just listen to people. Don't throw Bibles at them. Love them. Just listen to them. Just listen to them. Just show some compassion. Here's how you do it. I'm going to say it nicely. Please start my car. Get out of your holy huddle and listen listen beyond your holy huddle listen to people's hurts listen to the needs all around you so god reminds us that god is faithful and god reminds us that he wants to use you to impact a needy world and god calls us lastly to remind us that god is our 
God is in control. God is in control. Isn't that a good slide? In a world that's spinning, or a world that nobody talks anymore, they text. Please don't call me text. What do you mean? Call, text. Listen. Speak to people. Pray for them. Love them into the kingdom. Out of your comfort zone. Because the scripture talks about this. But they will receive power. That Greek word is dunamis. Dunamis. They will receive TNT, explosive power. Power of God. Power than any paranormal two at the movies tonight. More powerful than any fear horror movie that we would watch. Can we say amen to that, huh? More powerful more powerful that the Holy Spirit of God. We don't need fear, we need faith. More powerful than the junk in the culture. More powerful than the addiction. More powerful than the having a form of religion and denying the power thereof. More powerful that God reminds us that God is in control. And then the scripture goes on and says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then that's really literally what it means. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God, Jesus is God, and God is God, and the Holy Spirit empowers you with charismata, that's a Greek word for spiritual gifts, charismata of God, that God seals those gifts in your life, that God seals the Holy Spirit when you come to know Christ, that God empowers you with spiritual gifts, not for puffing up you, but for the building of the body. And then it says when the Holy Spirit comes on you, You'll receive power, recepto, dunamis, recepto, John 1.12, but as many received him, he gives us the power to become sons and daughters of the living God. And you'll be my witnesses, evangelion, Greek word, evangel, one who pronounces the good news, an evangel, good news, good news, to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Well, let's translate it. To Middletown, to Delaware, to the Mid-Atlantic states, and to anywhere God would take you. You say you want me to be a missionary? Yes, we're all called to be missionaries. Go. Be the prophetic Nike. Just do it. Go. You want me to send money to a missionary? Yes. You want me to go on a short-term mission trip? Yes. You want me to go spend some time doing that? Yes. You want me to pray for missions? Yes. You want me to share Jesus with my neighbor? Yes. You want me to share and invite somebody? Here's what I want you to do. Invite somebody to church next Sunday. This is the time of year where people are the most open to the gospel. Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter. Those high holy days, holidays. Invite, 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 invite. Locally, thinking globally, acting locally, regionally, making an impact. Samaria, the Jews were enemies, even to our enemies. Even those from other backgrounds. Even those from other, whoever your enemy is. Maybe it's the person in your own family you have brokenness with. To the ends of the earth. And you can look at these and people take them apart. And I'm not going to do that today. But I want to challenge you to see it as a holistic way of saying, I need to respond when the phone rings from the living God. I am that I am. God always has that deep voice, you know what I mean? So, low battery, cool. Okay, so anyway, and then when the you're going you're gonna to place accept. Not separate parts, but all of them together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses to the uttermost ends of the earth. Well, I was, in closing, I was speaking in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. 
was speaking in the, um, there's an event there called the Youth Specialties National Youth Workers Convention. There were like six to 8,000 youth pastors. And it was in a hockey arena where the Predators play the Flyers. And I was consulting and speaking that weekend. And um, this guy, after I speak, this guy beelines it to me. And I was, thought, I was getting a little weirded out by it. And um, he just kind of runs to me and jumps in my face. And he says, hey, 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 hey. I go, hey, hey, hey. It's already weird, you know what I mean? And he says, um, he says, he says, um, you're David Burke. And I go, hey, you can read well. I have a badge on that says speaker. Really cool, yeah. And he goes, he goes, you're David Burke. I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, and I'll never forget what he says. It just weirded me out. He goes, you are my spiritual grandfather. If I'm lying, I'm dying, okay? And I'm like, first of all, I don't want to be spiritual grandfather because spiritual grandfather are two words that are weird. Like, whoever came up with the grocery store named Food Lion, those words don't go together, okay? Unless you're a creature in the habitat trying to have food for, anyway, we'll move on. Okay, so he says, you're my spiritual grandfather. I go, what are you talking about? I'm thinking, security, aisle five, security, now. He says, you used to live in Pennsylvania. Now I'm getting more weirded out because he knew where I was from in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. He said, you were a youth pastor at Washington Crossing United Methodist Church. I said, yeah, I was there for seven years. He said, you shared Jesus with a young man named Eric. I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, Eric came into our youth ministry in the 10th grade, went on a ski retreat, surrendered his life to God. And Eric, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I would have done this, he gave up playing varsity ice hockey and varsity baseball in his junior year so he could come to a Bible study and be mentored by me and these other folks that were going to go into the ministry beyond the God of sports in this culture. I know some of you didn't like that. That's the reality. We spend more time with sports than we do Jesus. And we spend more time with sports than we do with the Lord. Amen? That's right. Thanks for that $10 out front I gave you. That was a good timing. That was really good. Okay. (laughs) He said, I said, what are you talking about? He said, I said, yeah, Eric was a good kid. As a matter of fact, I helped Eric go to Eastern University and get a scholarship and study with two friends of mine. As a matter of fact, I helped Eric walk, I helped Eric get a job, his first job. I helped him get a youth pastor job in a large church that had two, three hundred junior high kids on a Sunday night. I helped him get that job in San Antonio, Texas. And he, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, Burke, I was in that youth group in San Antonio, Texas. And I was the unchurched kid who came to the Lord. And he said, you're my spiritual grandfather because I am now a youth pastor in Corpus Christi, Texas. And that's what I'm challenging you about today. To pay it forward exponentially, spiritually, by the grace of God, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that God would use you big time to reach people because people matter to God. As the band closes... That's your cue to lift and shift forward. Good, okay. <laughs> I want to interpret. I, I, I just have so much power here, okay. Wow, musicians are obeying me. A first time for everything. Wow, is it gonna, the talented people, wow, okay. As the band comes and leads us in worship, I want to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and get out of your holy huddle and pray here in the front. Or you can pray back there with Lori and some others that would love to pray for you personally. And so that's my challenge to you. As you come to prayer, 
Think about the person we started with, the person who needs the Lord in your family, the person who needs God's grace in your home where you work. Let's stand. Let's worship to one of my favorite songs. Thanks for doing it, the Hillsong piece. Let's worship. Worship the Lord. Respond to the love of God. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.